the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. It's time for the big guy to ditch the prompter. Now, I made a living reading a teleprompter. I apparently was pretty good at it because I managed to do it for 30 years. And for the past few years, I've been coaching college students on how to write for a teleprompter and how to read one. And just last week, I told them that if they wanted to see somebody who's really, really bad at it, to check out the President of the United States. Now, you probably have to see this coming up here to really appreciate it, but this is one of Joe's recent attempts. Richard Blanco uh, returned to a poem he wrote from the second inaugural of Barack and Me, a poem one today it says, and always one moon like a silent drum tapping at every rooftop and every window on every in, of every county, country. I'm, let me start this over again. <laughs> I'm getting so intimidated by being here. <laughs> and always one moon like a silent drum tapping on every rooftop and every window of one country, county, county. That's really embarrassing. Really bad. See, the idea of a prompter is that it's supposed to create the perception that the person is talking to you, not reading to you. Now, if you're as bad at it as Joe is, it kind of defeats the purpose. He's so fixated on the prompter that you can see that he's struggling to read it, and then he comes across as a moron. He's not fooling anybody. About 90%, maybe more than that, of what he said to the American people in the first two-plus years, it wasn't said at all. It was read to you. As Johnny Carson once said about Chevy Chase, he couldn't ad-lib a fart after a baked bean dinner. That's the big guy. You don't have to have 30 years of TV experience to know that he's reading to you. So, big guy, time to lose the prompter and, you know, go with the hard copy. Just bring the script to the podium and read it. Look up once in a while, you know, make some contact the way they used to uh, do it before the teleprompter. You know, when Abraham Lincoln would give a speech, he probably would look up once in a while. It'll go a long way toward making you look a lot less senile. No need to thank me, Joe. Anyway, when we come back, our unofficial official Philadelphia correspondent will be here to try to explain how 343 demonstrators and rioters were paid $9 million by the city of Philadelphia. And in our second half hour, what's it going to take to convince the holdouts that the masks are still doing them no good? And there are plenty of holdouts out there. Stick around. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it when we say dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, and there's nothing like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, because we want them to feel healthy and be with us as long as possible. I know Charlie Kirk. 
feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. I rely on my trusted furry friend, Mr. Briggs, who's an absolute machine, and he relies on me to provide what's best for him. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed Rough Greens, not a dog food, but a supplement full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, and omega oils that Mr. Briggs absolutely needs and loves. Trying Rough Greens for your dog just makes sense. Greetings, naturopathy Dr. Dennis Black here. I'm honored that the Pragers and Charlie trust their dog's health to Rough Green. I'm so confident that Rough Green can help your dog too that I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, dog food is dead food, but it doesn't have to be. Go to ruffgreens.com. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to Pure Talk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data... You can get that and still save a fortune. So make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys, but at half the price. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code half off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code half off. Switch to Pure Talk and get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. Christine Flowers is a columnist for the Delco Times and a radio host in Philadelphia. She's our official, unofficial Philadelphia correspondent. She joins us now. Uh, Christine, thanks for coming on. Hi, John. You know, I love when you say our unofficial correspondent. I always feel like I'm a foreign correspondent <laughs> coming coming out of Philadelphia because I swear to God, it is a strange city. Yeah, one that I don't even speak the language anymore. That's why I like having you on. Now, I thought we were going to be talking to you while you were on a train, uh, but you just got off. Uh, and I was going to ask you if you were packing heat. You've had an incident or two on the train, haven't you? It, it is. It is true. However, this train is the regional rail, which is the the nice train. It's the train where the people who have their manners uh, usually ride. They're the ones from the suburbs. Oh. The ones from the city don't usually... The ones who are, you know, felons and drug users right. and, you know, violent felons do not generally take this particular train because they don't want to pay the extra money and they can't jump the turnstiles on this one, whereas they can, you know, steal and score a couple of free rides on the, uh, on the local subway. So, yes, I am much... I was much safer on that train than well, I am on the regular one. Well, I want to ask you because this is we'll, we'll get to the um, we'll get to the, uh, the 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 people being paid for the demonstrations in a minute. But I just thought of this um, when you're talking about taxpayers. You had an incident on a train. We don't have to get into the details, but if you don't want to, but um, if 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 a demonstrator can sue the city because they got some tear gas thrown at them that they didn't think they deserved. Why couldn't you sue whoever's running the trains down there, whether it's the county, the city, whatever it is? And why can't you and other people who are, who are involved in these incidents we see on video, why aren't they suing the, the, the people who are in charge? Huh, surely you just. Because the payments made out to the, and I put this in air quotes, uh, protesters, they were vandals, they were violent felons, um, they had the right political perspective. And they were okay. protesting for, uh, um, I guess, a purpose that this administration of this city, this woke administration, recognizes, acknowledges, and embraces, whereas people who simply want to be safe and don't want to be attacked and assaulted um, for $2.25 that they've had to pay to get on this godforsaken, blight, blighted piece of public transportation, <laughs> we don't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't matter. So, well, yeah, I mean, but, you, could, you could sue, but yeah. I think they have um, municipal uh, immunity, like limited uh, immunity, so I don't know if that would fly. Okay, because it just seems like an obvious thing. So let's get to this, this subject here. 
Uh, how is it that uh, demonstrators in a George Floyd rally back in 2020 are getting 9.25 million? There are 343 people. 9.25 million from the city of Philadelphia. How's that happen? Well, because we have a neutered, feckless mayor. We have, who is beholden. I was talking to one of um, the state representatives earlier today, and I basically said, this mayor, Jim Kenney, um, who really is essentially a man without any kind of scruples or, or principles or values or anything. There's no there there. He's basically an empty vessel who has allowed the progressives to pour all of their angst, anger, and bitterness toward civilized society um, <laughs> and people who actually accomplish things with their lives into him. Mm-hmm. And so he basically let them run all over him. We have a city council that for all intents and purposes bowed down to the vicious, violent, leftist, communist, anarchist, I don't know, any, any ist word I can put in there, protesters, vandals, who basically destroyed the city. And, and you know, I'm walking, as I talk to you, I'm walking um, by an empty hole. This hole is on Walnut Street. And those anybody who's familiar with Walnut Street in Philadelphia knows that it used to be one of the premier, uh, sort of like the Rodeo Drive of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Beautiful stores and uh, restaurants and, you know, world-famous restaurant, Le Bexin, Georges Perrier, all that stuff. In, it is a hole because those vandals torched the business that was there. They had to tear it down, and no one has had the ability, I guess, or the desire to build something in its place. So it's a horrible eyesore, and I walk by several of those that are, that are still in existence because of what those vandals and those uh, BLM protesters did. Um, so to answer your question, I know I've sort of strayed a little bit. This city is not a city that looks at those protests as riots. This is a city, except for the people, you know, the people who vote, the, nor- the normal people like me, we look at it and say, you know, these guys were felons. These guys were criminals. But this administration basically aids and abets them. And I, you know, quite frankly, the city solicitor's office should be drawn in, you know, the numbers should be drawn and quartered because they agreed to a settlement. They did not need to do this. this, this they could have gone to trial. They could have pushed back. Because this was violent criminal activity. Now, some of these protesters are saying, well, we were arrested and we were detained and we were held and all of this stuff. You know, it it makes me laugh, John, because none of them suffered damages. None of them likely had jobs that they needed to rush to when they were detained anyway. So to me, it's just it's 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 all appearance. Um, No civil rights were violated. I'm an attorney. I'm not a civil rights attorney. I'm not a constitutional law attorney. But I can pretty much promise you that whatever damage inured to these individuals was de minimis. There was absolutely nothing lasting. And for that amount of money, no one lost their lives, no one lost limbs, no one was really harmed or damaged. And for them to have paid out my money, my tax dollars, to these cretin felons, these aggravated felons, these losers who have taken hold of the city, is outrageous. And it's disgusting, and it's repellent, and it's nauseating, and it's business as usual in the city of brotherly love. Well, there are 343 plaintiffs, as I said. I did the math. It comes to an average of about $27,000 per demonstrator. So how would a demonstrator prove damages if they were able to do that at all? But how are they attempting to prove it? And who was representing them? Uh, Good question. Um, I believe it was a civil rights firm. I I don't know the the attorneys themselves. Uh, Damages, honestly... I don't think they. I don't think they really even had to prove damages because the city was so willing to just roll over and capitulate. They kind of wanted to get these guys off their backs. They wanted to resolve this probably before the mayoral campaign, the, the primary, because I mean I think the timing is really interesting. We have a mayoral primary on in May, early May, and obviously whoever wins the Democratic primary is going to win the yeah, general. Like There's Pittsburgh, no question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I laugh when people talk about, oh, there's a Republican running. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, okay, that's nice. Um, but so I think perhaps they wanted to sort of resolve this so that they could sort of, they could remove the stain from the um, 
the, the Democrats who have run this city, the Democrats who have been running the city into the ground, and they wanted to say, well, this is one thing, you know, we took care of the civil rights violations that were perpetrated by a Democratic administration right. <laughs> two or three years ago, whenever it was. So anything bad that's happened must be laid at the feet of the Democrats because they have been in control mm-hmm. as long as I've been alive. I'm 61. Nothing, nothing can be laid at the feet of the Republicans, number one, because they're feckless and they don't even fight back and they have no power. And number two, they're feckless and they don't fight back and they don't have any power. So this <laughs> is all this has Democrat fingerprints all over it. Yeah, and uh, I'm uh, older than you are, and I don't remember anything but a Democrat mayor here in Pittsburgh. So it's been long, just as long here. You actually have had a Republican mayor uh, when you you were probably well, we had who was the who was the Republican? Um, um, well, well, hold on a second. There was no. Uh, listen, I was born in '61. I think the the only the first mayor I remember is Jim Tate, James Tate, and he was a Democrat. Oh, I'm thinking so of Rizzo. He he was a he was a Democrat. Uh, he was a Democrat, but he was like one of those Democrats that actually, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, there, there's no way today he would be considered um, a Republican. He might mm. be considered a Trump supporter today. Yeah. Um, you know, Rizzo was great. And of course, people are like, oh, but he hated black people. He was racist. He was violent. This yeah. and that. Guess what? Guess what? People weren't getting killed and right. attacked on SEPTA when Rizzo was mayor. Rizzo was a great man. And. You know, as far as the whole idea of racism, do you know that he had one of the men who carried his coffin, one of his pallbearers, was his best friend, who happened to be his African-American bodyguard, who wept, Tony. He Mm -hmm. wept when this man was laid to rest. And um, so many in in the black community mourned this man because he kept their community safe from the little thugs that were destroying the community. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't realize when they talk about um, racism and, and anti-racism um, initiatives in the criminal justice system, who suffers the most from violence? Yep. African-American minorities in those mm-hmm. communities. And can I, can I get this one little thing in really, sure. really quickly? What? Because it, it, it goes right in. A couple weeks ago, Philadelphia Magazine ran an article about a reporter named Steve Keeley. He is a reporter with Fox 29, our local Fox affiliate. I saw and this Steve story. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you saw this? Yeah, so go ahead. Got, you know, so, so Keeley is reporting the news as he sees it, and his beat happens to be um, crime. And he he doesn't you know pull any punches. He, he really describes what's happening. And there were... Several African-American journalists, females, uh, two of whom I've worked with in the past, and a black city councilwoman who were criticizing this journalist because they said it cast a negative light on the African-American community because, oh, lo and behold, so many of the people perpetrating these crimes were black. But also, lo and behold, many of the victims were black. And so they don't want him accurately representing the news because they don't want it to appear as if African-Americans are committing crimes. Well, do they care that African-Americans are dying? Do they care that their kids are being murdered by these beasts? it's, It's unbelievable, John, that journalists, that people who think they are journalists, these two African-American women with whom I've worked and others, you know, a city councilwoman think that it's better to kill the messenger than to allow the message to get out. It's, it's, it's a, just, it, it disgusts me. It's kind of the same mentality that has um, colleges eliminating um, tests like the ACT and the college board because uh, the, they, 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 they want to lower the standards because they're racist if they don't. It's, it's, it's so counterproductive and so um, condescending and if yeah. I, I'm, I'm a white guy, and if I, I just have to think, if I was a black person, I'd, it would be insulting to me, and I'd want to punch somebody in the face over it. But that's a different story. Um, I got to ask you because I want to talk to you about this—the protests getting these uh, the nine million dollars. Um, yeah. You are an attorney, so, and I've seen videos uh, of protesters during the George Floyd and, and recent other recent ones, uh, the George Floyd demonstrations. Do protesters have a legal right to block traffic? Because that, I, no. I get the feeling that that's what the, some of the tear gas that was thrown in there was because the, the roads were blocked. You can't exactly. 
Do you know that there were people who had to get to emergency rooms, yeah. to hospitals, that couldn't get there because of the blockages? No, you do not have a constitutional right to block traffic. In fact, that, I believe, is a misdemeanor offense. And to try and bootstrap that into some kind of First Amendment um, protection is, is ridiculous because, as you know, there are place, time, and manner restrictions on how you can protest. There are, you know, uh, screaming fire in a crowded uh, theater kind of restrictions. There are all types of restrictions on how you can express your views. You don't get the right to protest the way that you want to protest simply because you think your message is important. So, so quite frankly, what they did was, you know, under the cover, under the guise of trying to make it a constitutional issue, they created, they were disorderly conduct, misdemeanor offenses. I don't know if any of them were felonies, but I sincerely hope that if someone, you were talking about damages, I sincerely hope that if someone who was sick and needed to get to the hospital or someone had some other urgent um, appointment that they needed to get to and they were prevented from doing so because of these I, I can't say it on air but because of these you know well, with mu- mustard okay yeah. these mustards out there um, that they sue them that they sue them in civil court I don't know if that's happened already but quite frankly I could definitely see a cause of action there if they could identify whoever was involved in blocking traffic. And if that had some kind of connection, causal connection, to harm suffered by people who weren't able to get where they needed to go, then, you know, I would represent them for yeah. free, pro yeah. bono. Yeah, yeah. We're talking to Christine Flowers. She's a columnist for the Delco Times, also a radio host and a pundit in Philadelphia. Um, so I have a couple minutes left here, um, and crime has become ridiculous in Philadelphia. And you've talked about it here on the show and here today, actually. But what if the plaintiffs had been protesting the DA's refusal to enforce the laws? <laughs> you think the city would settle with them? No. The city would figure out a way to prosecute them. Yeah. The city through the... Well, the city, the city can't prosecute you. The, you know, the solicitor general can... It would, it would have to be the, the, the DA's office. Yeah. But you can be absolutely certain that council people and the mayor would be pushing for prosecutions and they wouldn't have to push too, too hard because this prosecutor only prosecutes um, people who support law enforcement and people who support the rule of law. This uh, district attorney, again, you know, Soros funded, similar to Alvin Bragg and what he's doing up in, uh, in Manhattan, mm-hmm. is he has animus toward people who respect the system and law and order. And so he would very likely have gone after those individuals who were protesting his failure to actually act, his failure to do his due diligence, his you know, violation of his uh, you know, obligations to the people of Philadelphia. So I, no, I, <laughs> I, I have less than a minute left. Uh, this will all be fixed by the mayoral election, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, because we have some really great people running for office. You know, we've got the, the horrific Helen Gim. I'm not even really particularly thrilled with um, several of the, the businessmen running. I like one of them, Jeff Brown. And now he's being attacked by another businessman, Alan Dom. And I'm, I'm very disappointed in Dom because I liked Dom. But, you know, I had a problem with Dom on his website. He has his pronouns. He's using his pronouns. Oh, I mean, boy. what is what is up with that? Well, that's a that's a disqualifier for me. I don't care what else he what else whatever else he says. If he's got his pronouns up there, he ain't getting my vote. Hey, I'm out of time, Christine. Uh, stay safe there on the city streets, and uh, really appreciate you taking out the time to be on with us. We'll we'll do it again soon. I will, John. Tell everyone at home in the United States that I say hello. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. That's Christine Flowers. We'll be right back. Offer code ERIC. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Manhattan prosecutors have postponed a scheduled grand jury session in the investigation into Donald Trump over hush money payments during his 2016 presidential campaign. Three people have said the grand jury was told to be on standby for Thursday. Mr. Trump has denied any allegations of wrongdoing and accuses prosecutors of engaging in a politically motivated witch hunt to damage his campaign. 
The Federal Reserve extending its year-long fight against high inflation by raising its key interest rate a quarter point, despite concerns that higher borrowing rates could worsen the turmoil that has gripped the banking system. The Fed also signaled that it's likely nearing the end of its aggressive series of rate hikes. The Dow ahead 159 points, the Nasdaq up 131. This is SRN News. This Easter season, join world-renowned tenor Andrea Bocelli for an unforgettable journey of hope, beauty, and music. Experience musical performances from Michael W. Smith, Tori Kelly, Taya, and Torin Wells across the awe-inspiring Italian countryside. The Journey, a music special from Andrea Bocelli, brings you face-to-face with the moments in life that define us, the music that moves us, and the relationships that matter most. The Journey, a music special from Andrea Bocelli in theaters April 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 6th. Find out more at thejourney.movie. That's thejourney.movie. How did the state of Israel get started and how has it survived? It truly is a miracle. This is Seth Talbot along with my father Pete announcing Against All Odds Israel Survives is now streaming for free on SalemNow.com. Actually, this docudrama is a series of ongoing miracles that the mainstream media has completely ignored. A special presentation of Against All Odds Israel Survives is streaming for free right now, highlighting the miraculous role God has played only on SalemNow.com. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. Do you think this is going to hurt him politically? First of all, if they indict him in what is a naked political prosecution and they don't get a conviction, he wins in a landslide. He's the next president. I'm telling you, they can't be this dumb. Or can they? Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekday mornings at 9, right before Del Walmsley at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Everyone is talking about Jesus' revolution. Witness the untold origin story. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope, and it's spreading. Of the last spiritual awakening in American history. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. Jesus' revolution, starring Jonathan Rumi and Kelsey Grammer. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Jesus' revolution, only in theaters now. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Tonight will be overcast with a couple of showers. Tonight's low 46. Breezy and mild tomorrow with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. The high 65. Tomorrow night, periods of rain with a low of 38. Periods of rain expected for Friday. Rain and wet roads may lead to travel disruptions. We'll reach a high Friday of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, my wife stopped in at MedExpress over the weekend. She had to wear a mask, so it's still going on at medical facilities. Not sure about the Social Security office. I was there back in late January, had to wear a mask. So when does it end? Jeffrey Anderson is president of the American Main Street Initiative. He's also former director of the Bureau of Justice Statistics at the U.S. Department of Justice, and he joins us now. Jeff, thanks for coming on again. Hey, John, my pleasure. Good to talk to you. So we had you on a while back to talk about how useless the masks were. And even after multiple studies have confirmed it, it seems, uh, people are still wearing them. So what's going on over here? 
Well, I think it's a sort of um, religious fervor that uh, it's becoming increasingly clear, I think, that the mask advocates cannot be, they cannot be persuaded by reason, um, by scientific evidence that the masks don't work. They're, they're fully committed to them, and they're not going to change their minds or their way of living. Um, thankfully, most of America seems to have woken up and, uh, and is no longer buying into the mask regime. A recent uh, Cochrane review, this was just in the last week or so, uh, said uh, masks, quote, probably made, a mask, quote, probably makes little or no difference. So who is Cochrane and why should they be believed? So Cochrane, the Cochrane reviews are considered to be, well, let me, let me take a step back. The, the gold standard in medical research is randomized controlled trials, where People are put into one group or another randomly. One group gets an intervention, another group doesn't. It's all blind and random. It's very hard to manipulate the results or politicize them. And so randomized controlled trials, RCTs, are the gold standard of medical research. And the gold standard in evaluating RCTs and looking at a bunch of them and saying, all right, well, this is what we, what we, what we see across a number of them is Cochrane. Or Co- Cochrane puts out these Cochrane reviews. They put one out in uh, earlier this year, um, and they, they said, quote, wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference. And it's actually very similar language, identical in many cases, to what they used three years ago when they put out a, an earlier review. It's also very similar to what I found when I did a deep dive into the medical research in 2021 and wrote about that in a piece called Do Masks Work for City Journal. The, the evidence is just rather overwhelming across 16 randomized controlled trials that masks, I mean, all the evidence suggests masks do little or no good in preventing the spread of viruses and, and are actually possibly counterproductive even. Yeah, what about the, uh, the N95? That's what every, yeah, but if you would wear that N95, we'd all be okay. Yeah, so Cochrane says N95s, uh, well, they say, I'll quote them again here, they, quote, probably makes little to no difference, little or no difference for the outcome. Um, it's basically what they found is that there's no real difference between wearing an N95 and wearing a surgical mask or a cloth mask, and they found no evidence anywhere that any of them work. And you're a statistics guy uh, and not a doctor, but is that, <laughs> is that a better thing, a, a better qualification for this maybe than a doctor? Because well, you actually look at the numbers and a doctor can have an opinion, but the numbers don't lie kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I think you, the public health officials clearly have an agenda. Public health officials love public health interventions. They're their reason for existence. And they've shown, you know, in spades over the last few years, they are not to be trusted. Um, doctors, unfortunately, just sort of run-of-the-mill, everyday doctors um, have showed a a remarkable lack of curiosity on this type of topic and have just gone with the public health officials. I mean, you talked about your wife and having to wear a mask in a clinic. Uh, the, you see that all over the place, and it should be alarming to all of us, I think, that how many doctor's offices and hospitals are refusing to look at the actual evidence on this. Uh, it, makes, it should make you wonder how often they don't follow the actual medical research in other areas. Now, I, I'm not... I'm not the one doing the medical research. I'm simply looking at what's out there and analyzing it. And any any person who can read a study and um, can can come to the same conclusions. And I think in some ways it's probably best to not be part of the public health profession, where the where the the uh, you know the forces, the political forces, are so strong to uh, to politicize everything and and be pro mask. What about just the, the common sense and, and just being observant? Um, I know there are people out there who would like to tell you that, there were, that people were not wearing masks. Uh, you know, too many people were not wearing masks. And I'm not buying that because I was so sick of them that I, I, I didn't want to go anywhere because you couldn't go anywhere where everyone was not masked. And you couldn't get in any place if you were not masked. So there was a period of time there where every sing, uh, virtually every single human being in North America was wearing a mask in the places where they were asked to wear one. And, and you would think from listening to some people that there were huge numbers of people walking around without masks, and it just wasn't true. No, I mean, it was, there was an amazing amount of masking going on. I mean, back when Cochrane first put out their, their review, it was in 2020. They delayed it. 
according to the lead author on the review, it was ready to go in um, April, apparently, of 2020, which was right after, if you remember, all, basically a couple days after April Fool's 2020, the, the CDC and the other public health officials said, they went from saying, oh, don't wear masks. We've, we've looked at studies across the years. They don't work. They could be counterproductive. All of a sudden, they flipped the switch and said, oh, everybody has to wear a mask. Well, Cochrane was apparently ready with the 2020 review at that time. Instead, they held it back, apparently for political reasons, didn't release it until November of 2020, when most Americans had their eyes on, on other matters, namely the election. Mm-hmm. And um, when they... Yeah, so, I mean, when they released it, just to give a sense of like how many ma- masks were being worn in November 2020, there were still mask mandates on the books in Texas and Alabama and Utah, yeah. all courtesy of Republican governors, not to mention the fact that every Democratic governor had imposed a mask mandate. Yeah, and so they, they could have come out with this in April of 2020, and if they could have, if it, it was basically the same thing that the, that they said just a few weeks ago when they came out with this latest one. Um, and a, a, a good number of people seem to have paid attention to this latest one. If that same number had paid attention back in 2020, might it might it the, the insanity have ended a little quicker? Yeah, I think quite possibly so. I mean, I, I guess the good news we can take from all this is that people did take did pay attention this time, and I think that's largely an indication that. Um, a lot of people, at least those on the right, at least those not on the left, have have really gotten sick of the mask. They've turned against the mask regime. They realize that even if they did work, they would be a horrible intrusion on human life and human social interaction and uh, the v- development of children and all sorts of things. But they, but there's no evidence that they work. And back in 2020, there were just way too many people across the political spectrum who were willing to go along with this thing. I mean, you and I, John, were never willing to go along with it, but a lot of people were. But thankfully, now you've got a lot of people who are looking for the truth, and they, they did seize upon this new Cochrane study. And um, I mean, the remarkable thing is the reaction, though, on, on the left, or, or the reaction among the mask advocates to the study, which is to, I mean, they're just grasping at straws all over the place. Yeah, and back then, um, they were telling you that, that you needed to wear a mask, and you were going to get the disease if you didn't wear it. Everybody was wearing one. They got the disease anyway. So it wasn't like the only people who were getting, hey, I, I saw you the other day without a mask on. That's why you got COVID. There was, no, there was none of that. Everybody, people were saying, geez, I, I, had, I had a mask. And then it was, geez, I'm vaccinated and I wore a mask and I still got it. So nothing was working and they kept, they kept doubling down on everything. Yeah, I mean, you can't stop a virus with a mask. It just doesn't work. And people say, well... Um, you know, it must do something. Well, no, not really. I mean, viruses are so tiny, uh, you know, billions can, can fit on the head of a pin. It, the odds of it stopping much of anything are, are minimal. And then on top of that, it, the masks are dirty, they're moist, they can become kind of a breeding ground for viruses, or you touch the mask, then you touch your eyes or whatever. I mean, there there is some suggestion in these randomized controlled trials that the mask could even be counterproductive by and large it looks like they just do basically nothing but there's no guarantee they do any i mean the people who say well they must do something well they they might do something bad actually and the reason that people that masks were often worn in like during surgeries was not to stop the spread of viruses it was to keep surgeons and and other medical personnel from you know coughing or something and ending up infecting open wounds of their patients and the reason that n95s were invented was to stop smoke and uh, fumes, dust from getting into workers' lungs. It wasn't to stop these tiny little viruses. Well, the the, uh, the Cochrane review didn't satisfy a lot of people. What what are the holdouts saying? What don't they like about the Cochrane review, which you said is the the gold standard? Well, they can't quite decide because I mean they're grasping at straws. Some of them say, "Well, Cochrane." doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, this, this group that's long been held out as the gold standard, they don't have any idea what they're doing. Some of them say, well, Cochrane put out a perfectly good review and people just didn't read it carefully enough. I mean, you and I both quoted it. It says, wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference. Um, some of them say randomized controlled trials don't work for masks, even though they're the gold standard in medical research across the board. Others say, well, we need more randomized controlled trials on masks, even though there's been 16 and so far masks are 0 for 16 in, uh, in having the RCTs provide any compelling evidence that they work. 
So that it's clear to me at this point, this is not about a, a, a genuine debate about what works. It's about people who have signed on to the mass as a sort of way of life. It's the thing that help, makes them believe they can control the virus. It helps them control other people too, which is very satisfying to, to many people on the left in particular. Um, they, it's a way of life for them. You know, they, they're, they're virtue signaling. They, they want to believe in the public health officials and the, the government powers that be, and, and nothing is going to convince them otherwise. It's almost an article of, of religious faith. Yeah, and, and uh, do you think that these same people would have noticed the same flaws in the Cochrane review if, the, if that review had come out and said the masks were effective? Think they might oh, have sure been okay be with singing, the study? Sure, they'd be singing its praises, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, so now is Cochrane actually backing off a little bit because of the criticism or the skepticism? Yeah, so the same... In, in Cochrane, the people who do these reviews are really first-rate. They follow processes that, um, that, that are designed to limit bias, to limit the political intervention. Um, but the executives at Cochrane, you know, they're, they're kind of another matter. So they're the ones that, who apparently held out the release of the 2020 review for seven months. And now, about a month and a half after this 2023 review was, was released, um, the, one of the executives at Cochrane has put out a statement saying, oh, uh, well, you know, you probably really shouldn't pay that much attention to it. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it, she's, she's contradicting the review itself. Um, she claims that the review is, quote, not able to address the question of whether mask wearing itself reduces people's risk. Well, that's exactly what the review addressed was the question of whether mask wearing reduced people's risk. And it concluded that the mask seemed to do nothing. And it concluded it with um, what Cochrane calls moderate Certainty, which is the second highest of their four classifications of certainty, and uh, and moderate certainty means quote that the true effect is likely to be close to the estimate of the effect. In other words, the review is quite clear, and the executives at Cochrane are, are getting a lot of heat from the public health officials in the New York Times and elsewhere, and they're trying to backtrack. And um, it's almost like they're apologizing now for what they found to be the case. And, well, yeah, absolutely, because it's. You know, I'm sure that the political heat is great, and Cochrane, to its credit, um, you know, they put out the review. They put out the review both in 2020 and 2023. They just felt the need to delay it in the first case, and then, and then sort of halfway try to disavow it in the second case. But they can't really. I, I mean, it's a, it's it's totally it's unconvincing for these executives to come in and and say, well, don't look at what we've uh, what we've what we've shown in our. In our comprehensive review, just just listen to me in this statement. Yeah, well, uh, it, the fact that they had the same information in 2020, right at the height of the insanity, when everybody was being told to wear on them and uh, get the, the shots and the whole thing, kind of makes me suspicious of their motives that they wouldn't release it then. When they saw everybody uh, running, you know, everywhere they went, they saw people in masks, and the people involved in the study knew that they were sitting on information that would tell these people they don't need to do it. So why should I? I mean, it's just very strange. Well, the lead author of the study, both of, of both Cochrane reviews in 2020 and 2023, Tom Jefferson, um, was asked by an Australian uh, journalist, Marianne DeMossi, and uh, he pointed out that they had held up the first review, and she asked, are you suggesting Cochrane was pro-mask and your review contradicted the narrative? And Jefferson replied, yes, I think that is what was going on. Huh. Well, there you go. So, uh, and so, last thing here with uh, Jeffrey Anderson, uh, you can see his piece up at uh, city-journal.org. Um, then we're going to do this again, aren't we? we? We have not seen the last of masks. I, I can't believe we have. I mean, I oh no, not at all. And you can see that by the reaction. Again, you have the gold standard review of the gold standard medical research come out and say these things, by all appearances, don't work, and. That's still not enough. You know, that's, this is, uh, the, the mask advocates are not inclined to be persuaded. Their, their faith transcends reason. The, the mask is a totem for them, and they don't want to be told their totem is powerless. And they're, they're going to hold on to it as long as they possibly can. It, it's, but, I mean, I do find hope, again, though, that there's so many people now who I think have woken up and, are, yeah. and think this is just crazy. Yeah, well, I'm not wearing one again. I'm, if, if I'm required, I'm not going there, wherever it is. Hey, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you doing this. 
John, my pleasure. Let's, let's do it again. All right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jeffrey Anderson, president of the American Main Street Initiative, and we will be right back. Did you know that the average price of a used car is up over 40% from just a year ago? The cost of living has gone up and the cost for auto repairs is rising as well. The car you have needs to last you longer than ever. So if your vehicle has less than 150,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all, you need to call CarShield at 800-523-8667. We've just announced a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle service plan to help save thousands of dollars on out-of-pocket expenses for future auto repairs. While the cost for new and used cars continue to go up, CarShield offers protection plans at an all-time low. Drivers who activate their plan today will also receive 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing and emergency tire, battery, and key lockout service. Call 800-523-8667 today to save 20% on your plan. That's 800-523-8667. Keep your car protected. Call 800-523-8667. Again, 800-523-8667. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. Spring cleaning is upon us, but there's one meaningful box that you don't throw away when cleaning out your closet. It's the box filled with your family's important videotapes, film reels, and photos. Hi, I'm Adam Baselogger. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago to help families organize and update their analog media to digital. Legacy Box is simple and easy. It works and is safe. Over a million families have trusted Legacy Box. And Legacy Box has been featured in Good Housekeeping, The Today Show, and Rachel Ray. Legacy Box is like magic, converting your shoebox of memories to the cloud or thumb drive, ready to watch and share. Declutter your closet by digitizing your media. Become more organized and accomplished, knowing your family's recorded past is safe forever. Take advantage of our spring cleaning sale going on now. It's the easiest task to check off your to-do list. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 offer. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Kelly and Alea, rely on us to provide what's best for them. A naturopathic Dr. Dennis. Dennis Black has packed rough greens full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils, and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results. Trying out rough greens is an easy yes, recommended by me, Dr. G. Naturopathy Dr. Dennis Black here, and I'm so proud that the Pragers and Sebastian Gorka have entrusted their dog's health to rough greens. I'm so confident that rough greens can help your dog. I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, your dog's food is dead food, but you can bring it back to life with rough greens. Go to RUFFgreens.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So Fox News has a story. Uh, two representatives, Michael Waltz of Florida and Jim Banks of Indiana, both Republicans, uh, they have some questions for the people at West Point, the uh, U.S. Military Academy. Um, <clears throat> this this is just unbelievable. They're, they're focused on pronouns over there. You got uh, the head of uh, China and Russia, the, the dictators meeting one yesterday, and they're you know they're 15 minutes away from deciding to take over the world. And our military is uh, focused at the at the academy is wasting time on pronouns. So they have a role play that they make the cadets go through. I'm going to give you a description of what's going on at 
West Point. Four characters are included in the role play. Cadet Baker, who's holding a cell phone and has a friend who prefers gender-neutral pronouns. Cadet Acevedo, who is a friend supportive of respecting pronouns. Cadet Adams, the instigator who thinks that using correct pronouns is wrong. And Cadet Cruz, who is argumentative and agrees with Adams that pronouns are weird. Don't try to even keep up with this, but I'll just keep reading it. The facilitator of the group is instructed to read the scenario. It's dinner at Grant's, and the four cadets are sitting at a table. Cadet Baker gets a phone call from a friend and takes the call. Cadet Baker messes up the way he refers to his friend on the phone, and it becomes apparent that the friend is identifying as gender neutral. Cadet Adams and Cadet Cruz start, uh, start joking about it. Cadet Acevedo squashes the joking and or tries to educate them. Specifically in the scene, Cadet... Cadet Baker, quote, must be on the phone and struggle with getting the pronouns right for the friend on the phone. And the other characters crack jokes and start talking about the concept of pronouns. Are you getting all this? This is instead of going through exercises on, you know, how to kill people, which is what you're supposed to do in the military. Kill people, blow things up. That's what you're supposed to do. The role play comes to an end when either the, quote, arguing gets heated and clearly nobody's going to change their mind, one of the cadets storms off because they can't handle the interaction Interaction, or the cadets agree to change the subject, respect Baker's opinion, and let it go. That's one role-playing. That's just one. Other role-play scenarios include friends in high places when dealing with someone receiving preferential treatment, dirty money when dealing with sextortion and helping a friend seek legal help, and a stinky situation for confronting a peer about poor hygiene. See, when men were men, and uh, there was somebody who has was uh, not not I don't know not uh, he wasn't conducting a good hygiene. He wasn't taking care of himself, and he stunk. Here's what somebody would say to him: "Hey, Walt, you stink. How about taking a shower? That's who I want in my military." Not people worrying about pronouns. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.